Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Okay, I've got three stories here and a video at the end, which I'll link in the description below, which is absolutely fantastic. That includes a bunch of uh, individuals, a flash mob, if you will, of sorts, clearly organized and super cool, of individuals running into a Trader Joe's in California, and none of them are wearing masks, and they're walking around shopping, and the people's reactions are just nuts. The people who are wearing masks, both the people that work there and the people who aren't working there. It's absolutely incredible, but it's super funny and super cool. So, all right, this first story, however, comes from the College Fix, and this too isn't a bad one. This is a pretty good one, actually, although a couple little nuanced things occurred throughout, which are certainly worth mentioning. This comes from Dave Huber at the College Fix again, and it's titled School Superintendent in Hot Water for Saying Black Lives Matter is a Political Movement. It says, uh, one of the er beauties of things like critical race theory is that it's sort of a quantum mechanics. Things are never situated in precisely one spot. They're always in flux. Well, that right there again, this of course proves that critical race theory is imaginary. It's just pretend, and it exists in the mind of the person who actually believes that it's real. Uh, so, this is what the superintendent of Indiana's Hamilton Southeastern School District learned recently. Al Alan Burruff, I don't know if I'm saying that right, probably not. Uh, had sent out a letter to the district staff advising them to treat Black Lives Matter as, as a political movement. Quote, there is a disagreement as to whether Black Lives Matter is a social issue or political issue, Borf wrote. It is clear that many have moved it to the political arena and contend that teachers should be promoting it. If we can accept for the sake of discussion that BLM is a political issue. As school officials, we cannot expose our politics and we cannot advance a political cause through our work with students, unquote. That right there is a perfect, succinct example of exactly what every single principal school district should be doing when it comes to this political nonsense. And again, it's not a matter of a social issue or political issue. It's actually a criminal issue. That's really what it is. It's criminal. It's crime. It's organized and disorganized crime. But that was an excellent answer provided by um, this school district, without a doubt. Absolutely fantastic on the superintendent's part. He went on to say that teachers can explore, quote, the origins of a political cause via the social concepts and events that brought it to the political arena. His comments did not go over very well with some of the within some in the community. The Racial Equity Community Network, founded by district parents, which right there should tell you the Racial Equity Community Network, it's about as hard left as it gets, I suppose, um, founded by the district's parents, said Boroff's letter seemed to encourage HSE teachers and employees from discussing or supporting Black Lives Matter in the classroom. It added BLM is not an extremist political group, but it's about humanity. You're going to have to tell that to the people who have been murdered by Black Lives Matter that it's about humanity. You're going to have to tell that to the people who have had their businesses burned down by Black Lives Matter that it's about humanity. You're going to have to tell that to the people who have been maimed for life because, you know, Black Lives Matter all in the name of humanity. 
Good luck with that. These people have their eyes completely closed. They're totally brainwashed. The gaslighting is incredible. I'll tell you what. You could set their dog on fire, and they would look at it and call it a firework. I mean, it's absolutely nuts. For anybody to even question at this point that Black Lives Matter is nothing more than a Marxist criminal organization that has murdered countless people and engaged in endless crimes, to say anything else is absolutely absurd. It continues here. Uh, and in keeping with contemporary narrative, the RECN said Boroff was, quote, upholding white supremacy and is a, quote, an example of systemic racism. A petition also went up titled Black Lives Matter is not political. Again, that's hilarious. If you have to have a petition that says Black Lives Matter is not political and that's the name of it, then it's political. That's what that means. Which demands Boroff's resignation and his replacement to be preferably a person of color who can lead our school into the future from a healthier perspective, unquote. It currently has about 500 signatures shy of its 2,500 goal. This is the mob, ladies and gentlemen. This is the mob. This is what they do. Uh, predictably, Boroff ended up apologizing within a day of his initial letter. Quote, the intent of yesterday's letter is to, f- to the faculty was designed to provide instructional strategies to discuss and teach Black Lives Matter, one of the most significant issues of our time. I understand that the impact was hurtful, and for that I apologize. The letter was designed to provide guidance for teachers to lead these discussions and to assist students as they develop their own positions on the important social issue. First of all, it's not an important social issue because it's not a social issue. That's number one. Number two, he shouldn't have written this and he shouldn't have apologized. Now, he's not quitting, which is a good thing. At least to date, he hasn't been fired and he he hasn't quit. The other problem with this statement is that it's not the superintendent's job to really be telling people what to teach, per se. Having said that, though, it's also not the community's job to be telling the superintendent what they can or cannot say. In particular, when the superintendent has done something like this, because again, it's usually only one-sided. If the superintendent says something that's morally sound and rooted in values, like we don't want to teach hate, we want to teach people to just you know, get along, mind your own business, do your work, and go home. I mean, even if a parent or a group or an organization doesn't like that message, that morally message is going to be destroyed in an absolute heartbeat. And again, it's mob rule, and that too is a Marxist and communistic approach to countless things. It's not about reason, logic, and fact. It's about mob rule. Whoever says it the loudest must be right, and that's absolutely ridiculous. This next story is completely jacked up, and again, a perfect example of Marxism at the college level and university level when it exists in particular within either classes or campus-wide presentations that are given. And again, even if professors ask that their students attend these particular presentations as a part of a class lecture or what have you. But uh, this one is, this comes from Campus Reform and it's titled, Ohio State University Hosts Planned Parenthood Supported Sex Week, complete with kink, sex work, and decolonizing porn. 
Now let me break this down here too. This is a part of the Marxist playbook also, and it always has been, dating back at least 100 years, 120 plus years. Actually, yeah, l way longer than that. This goes back to Weimar Germany, as a matter of fact, before the 1930s, and it was referred to as the Weimar Republic after World War I. This is when Marxism moved into Germany, and this happened before Adolf Hitler. It's also one of the reasons why they don't teach anybody in school about Weimar Germany and the Weimar Revolution. So what ended up happening was, is the entire city of Weimar Germany was filled with levels of perversion that you can't possibly imagine. And this story right here is exactly what was going on. Normalizing prostitution where prostitution wasn't, wasn't normalized at all, and it was considered against the law. It became legal. Um, no, normalizing pedophilia, normalizing the radical writings within children's books that were encouraging them to have sex with older individuals and countless other things. Again, the normalization of pedophilia is a major problem among those who are Marxists. It continues to be. And there's no doubt that this exactly is, is just one of those examples. So I'm going to read through some of this here. It's not very long. Um, in fact, it's not long at all. But uh, it's certainly interesting and very disturbing. So first it says, A student organization at OSU will host Sex Week. The week-long event features lecturers ranging from Kink 101 to OnlyFans behind the scenes. If you're unfamiliar with OnlyFans... OnlyFans is a pornographic website where anybody, and I mean anybody above the age of 18, can have an account on OnlyFans. All you have to have is a laptop computer and a webcam, and you can get paid to basically have sex on camera or at the very least uh, engage in other self entertaining activities while taking your clothes off on OnlyFans, and then you get paid through only not only OnlyFans, but you get paid through donations of people donating for you to basically engage in these sex acts. And here you have OSU is hosting this Planned Parenthood-supported sex week where that's being encouraged. So, it I mean, my God, if you want your children to just be a moral wrecks send them to OSU I it's it's pretty pretty clear there um, let's see it continues the events listed partners include several university departments and Planned Parenthood it says welcome to sex week exclamation point we're glad you came get it that's their that's their sign it actually says that we missed a lot in high school, socially, biologically, and scientifically. That is why Ohio State is creating a judgment-free, inclusive, relatable space for our community to explore all sides of sexual health that they never learned, that they never really learned. This is why Sex Week is here. Again, this is written now by Matthew Keyes, Ohio Campus Correspondent for Campus Reform. Quote, an Ohio State University student-led event called Sex Week will be held for the third year in a row beginning Sunday. The week-long event will feature several virtual lectures 
for students to learn about certain topics such as, quote, talk on healthy versus toxic masculinity, unquote, beyond the gender binary with ALOC. I don't know what that is. Uh, Let's see the next one. Abortions explained plainly. A panel of professionals. I bet that's horrible. Kink 101 is another presentation. And decolonizing porn. There's even a session titled OnlyFans Behind the Scenes that helps students who might want to start an OnlyFans account. Do you see how immoral and disgusting this is? I'm sure you do. You're a smart you're a smart group, no doubt. It continues here, quote, The main mission of Sex Week is to educate our community about sexual health in all its forms. The stated mission of Sex Week adds, We believe that realistic sexual health is interdisciplinary and includes non-traditional topics like LGBTQ sex ed, healthy masculinity, gender equality, and reproductive rights. We aim to connect to our peers through dynamic, comprehensive activities that are geared toward the needs of our community. The event organizers state that one of the reasons Sex Week exists is because, quote, sex ed in Ohio high schools does not have to be medically accurate. I'm going to repeat that. (laughs) It's absolutely incredible. The event's organizers state that one of the reasons Sex Week exists is because, quote, sex ed in Ohio high schools does not have to be medically accurate, unquote. Among the reasons for hosting the Sex Week are the 47% of transgender people are sexually assaulted at some point in their lives, and black women in Ohio make... 64 cents for a white man's dollar. I'm I'm lost now. I'm absolutely lost. I'm lost. That took a that took a turn. Didn't see that coming. But it's all gibberish anyway, so it's impossible to keep track. It continues. Several university departments are taking part in sex week. Of course they are. Why not? According to to the Partners and Sponsors page, Sex Week would not be possible without the OSU Undergraduate Student Government at OSU, College of Social Work, Department of Women's, Gender, and Sexuality Studies, and Planned Parenthood. In addressing why Planned Parenthood is involved, the, organi- the event organizers explain, quote, Planned Parenthood is a huge provider of health services for men and women, particularly low-income women. They do STI testing, STI treatment, cancer screenings, pelvic exams, birth control distribution, community education, and so much more. Murder. They also engage in murder. What else do they engage in? Uh, Let's see. Cutting up babies, organ harvesting, organ trafficking. Yeah, all that stuff. Remember all that? They do that too. And your tax dollars go toward it depending on the state you live in, apparently. I think Texas has just now done away with it. Thank God. God bless Texas. They continue by stating, quote, This seems like a good time to remind everyone that abortion is legal. 
Yes, Planned Parenthood performs abortions, abortions that women are legally entitled to, unquote. The student organization, Student Advocates for Sexual Health Awareness, the group that organizes the event, spoke with campus, campus reform regarding the event, quote, The purpose of Sex Week 2021 is to promote accurate, realistic, and inclusive sexual education. Katie Chung, Secretary of Student Advocates for Sexual Health Awareness, said, Quote, we feel the students should have access to as much information surrounding sexual education as possible. Of course, sexual education is an extremely broad topic and engages many diverse topics and discussions. Every year we try to include a breadth of topics. We cover sex education foundations, LBGTQ inclusivity, uh, healthy masculinity, reproductive rights, and pleasure. Together, students in the organization Student Advocates for Sexual Health Awareness discuss that topics are missing from current discussions and find that these topics combined find that these topics combined provide realistic education for college students, Chung added. Ohio State University did not respond in time for publication. I bet they didn't. Not that they're going to either. I feel like I need to take a shower after reading that. That's absolutely awful. And by the way, and I'm sure you're aware of this and you know this, K-12 schools are not exempt from engaging in these kinds of things either, and these kinds of quote-unquote educational experiences. It's not. It's perverse. It's disgusting. It's stupid. And this is what happens when people don't read, and they don't learn how to write, and they don't learn how to speak English. They decide to engage in perverse activities such as this. I mean, I got to tell you, when I was in college, we played video games. We read books. We played video games. We minded our own business. We didn't do things like this. We just didn't. We minded our own business. We were, we, you know, we, we didn't, we didn't get involved in in school-related stuff. We never viewed we never viewed college or the university life as as something to get involved in. It just blows me away. But again, this is what happens when you raise children to be in groups of people all the time and do what their peers would have them do or do what their quote-unquote community or government would have them do. The individual mind doesn't, doesn't attend one of these stupid things. They just don't. It's absolutely ridiculous. So here's the last story. comes from Gateway Pundit by Jim Hoft. Uh, it's titled Pure Racism. New York City principal sends home white identities list to parents to convert them to the white traitors stage of whiteness. Now they've got this chart here, which is pretty ridiculous, and it comes from the Slow Factory Foundation. And it's uh, titled The Eight White Identities. So on the hard left, it's beat red and it says white supremacy. And then the next one up from that, getting more toward the green section apparently, um, is titled White Voyeurism. And then the next is White Privilege. And then the next is White Benefit. And then the next is White Confessional. And then the next is White Critical. And then White Traitor, concluding with White Abolitionist, I think is what it says. 
all of this made-up garbage. It says, quote, There is a regime of whiteness, and there are actions-oriented white identities. People who identify with whiteness are one of these. It's about time we build an ethnography of whiteness, since white people have been the ones writing about and governing others. My God. And then they're all defined. They're all defined, too. This is, this is incredible. Well, i got to read the definitions of this. Here we go. The eight white identities. Who knew? Who knew? I've been alive for 39 years. Had no idea. Go figure. This must have been around since the beginning of time. Oh, wait. No, it hasn't. It's made up trash. Okay, here we go. Quote, there was a regime of whiteness. Yeah, I already read that. Okay, here we go. White supremacy, defined as clearly marked white society that preserves names and values white supremacy. Uh, I, I, can't even, I can't even break down that stupidity. White voyeurism, wouldn't challenge a white supremacist, desires non-whiteness because it's interesting, pleasurable, seeks to control the consumption and appropriation of non-whiteness. Fascination with culture. Example, consuming black culture without the burden of blackness. Wow. Wow. So if a white person likes rap music, they're a white voyeur. Okay. That's ridiculous. I'm telling you what, if these eight words ever make their way... Well, they're not words. Whatever. If these eight levels of stupidity and the dummies who wrote them, ever make their way into the English dictionary, our English dictionary is officially destroyed. By the way, fun fact, the best dictionaries to read are really, really old ones. And I mean old ones. Pick up a dictionary from 1900. It's exquisite. They're exquisite books. Find one. They're absolutely amazing. Okay, sorry. I'm a word knee. I'm a word, uh, a word dork. I like words. Okay, the next one, white privilege, defined as may critique supremacy, but a deep investment in questions of fairness equality under the normalization of whiteness and the white rule. Sworn goal of diversity. I got nothing on that. Number four, white benefit, sympathetic to a set of issues, but only privately. Won't speak, act in solidarity. There's that word again. Publicly, because benefiting through whiteness in public. Some POC, people of color, I believe is what that stands for, uh, are in this category as well. I got nothing on that either. Number five, white confessional. Some exposure of whiteness takes place, but as a way of being accountable to people of color after. Seek validation from people of color. Hmm. I don't get it either. Uh, number six, white critical. Take on board critiques of whiteness and invest in exposure, marking the white regime. Refuses to be complicit with the regime. Whiteness speaking back to whiteness. They might as well just be making random sounds. Just throwing a pan down a flight of stairs and then calling that some definition to some made-up thing. It's absolutely ridiculous. Number seven, white traitor. Don't worry, there's only two more here. 
actively refuse complicity, names what's going on, intention is to subvert white authority and tell the truth at whatever cost, need them to dismantle institutions. And finally, thank God, number eight, white abolitionist, changing institutions, dismantling whiteness, and not allowing whiteness to reassert itself. Dun, dun, dun. This is absolutely nuts. People who are hanging on this, this is also on Chris Ruffo's Twitter account. Um, this is insane. People who, who align themselves with this, they're not well. They're just not well. Uh, there's, there's no other summary I can provide. They're not well. They would do well to just read, but they don't. Then they just make things up. Again, these are the children that played pretend for a very, very long time, way past the age where they were supposed to play pretend. And then they never stopped playing pretend. They just keep playing pretend as full-grown adults, as organizations. I mean, they run organizations, these people that are playing pretend. It's disturbing. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Don't forget to check out AmericanEducationFM.com, where you can make a small donation or even email us and be a guest on the podcast. Until next time, never stop learning, never stop reading, and never stop unlearning. Thanks for listening, and God bless.